0: Welcome to episode 145. This is Paula Jenkins, the host of Jumpstart Your Joy. This week on the show, I am really, really excited to have Violetta Nedkova on. She is a multi-passionate, you guys. And you know how I love talking to multi-potentialite people, which means somebody that has more than just one thing that they love to do and that they want to focus on in their life. Violetta and I met during the multi-passionate must-haves bundle sale, which of course was run by Emily Wapnick. And at that point, we like read each other's information on our websites. And we're like, oh my gosh, we are so similar. We've got to talk. So Violetta is a coach and a very creative person and she is a self-proclaimed rebel and she also has a podcast called Rebel Recess. I loved getting this chance to speak to her about her definition of being a rebel, which is so unique and interesting. I'm just going to let her explain that when we get to the show. But also how she... She navigates moving from one thing, one interest to the next as a multi-passionate, which is slightly different than some other folks. And also how you can really make the most of creating an entrepreneurial, create kind of a business for yourself as a multi-potential, a multi-passionate. And the other piece that really stands out for me in this is kind of getting rid of some of the shoulds that society puts on each of us, shedding those and moving into something that is really authentic and that feels right to you as opposed to the things that your business should be. So I think you're really going to love Violetta. Before we get to that, I want to wish you guys a very warm welcome. And if you're new here to Jumpstart Your Joy, I'm thrilled to have you here and join us. Uh, it's a weekly show that comes out on Tuesday mornings, and I am Paula. I'm your host here. So if you guys want to find out more about the show and listen to 144 past episodes, you can find everything at the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com. I do show notes for every episode, and for this one, it will be jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash Violetta, and her name is spelled V-I-O-L-E-T-A, And you can find the everything that we talk about, links to her website and whatnot, is at the bottom of that post in the resources section. And while you're there on the website, I invite you to join me for my podcasting fundamentals class. It is free and you start off with getting a full list of the software and hardware that I recommend and use and suggest that you get to start your show. And then we get into a little bit of the mindset thing that comes up and kind of the vulnerability of sharing your voice on the airwaves. (laughs) Uh, It's a fun class. It's free. And it is a great introduction to starting podcasts. So without further ado, let's get to the show with Violetta Nedkova. So I'm really excited because Violetta and I were both, well we, we ran into each other in the multi-passionate must-haves bundle, which of course is now over and, and it was a great sale. But we found each other's websites and we're like, yeah, we got to talk. So <laughs> yeah. I have been looking forward to this discussion. Violetta, Ooh. would you like to tell us what were your earliest sparks of joy? What brought you joy as a child?
1: Oh, that is such a good question. Nobody asked me this question. (laughs) So, yeah, when I was a child, I was just so curious about everything. And I guess I loved creating things. Like, I always had a project on the go, kind of like today. (laughs) And, yeah, I just, uh, it was like the world was my playground. However, my parents keep telling me that when I interviewed them, to understand what I was like as a child they were Mm. like yeah you didn't live in this world you were in some kind of other world of your own
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh that's I think it's sweet and amazing because I know I was friends with fairies so I I think I probably was in that same other world
1: Yeah, me too. I was obsessed with this movie with fairies, and you were supposed to leave food for them and stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah, my son still does that. He's seven, and we built a little fairy playground outside so he could. I mean, and he believes that the fairies come every night, and so they probably do.
1: Oh, (laughs) that's wonderful. I remember, I, I really, the things that I mostly remember from my childhood are really weird games that I came up with myself and just like played. Played with myself because because like I imagine nobody understood the game or like thought it was weird or something. So I just mm-hmm. played with myself by myself and just like have fun and <laughs> oh, <laughs>
0: I love it! I love all the creativity and like magic involved. Oh, so good!
1: Yeah, it was like oh, and a big part of the the magic when I was a child was like stories. I just, uh, I always had stories in my brain, you know, of because I kept watching these like Disney movies and Cartoon Network and just all kinds of magical stuff. And I would go, I would be the only person who would watch all the movies in the tech. I don't know how you call it today because it was like these cassettes, these big cassettes. And I would watch all the movies and especially love the magical ones. And 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 in my head, there would be these, stories with magical creatures and you know and Barbies and stuff and I would just take my dolls and reenact you know stories that I come up with and just I don't know everything was just really creative and in my head I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yes
0: I can totally relate. So do you want to explain to us what it is that
1: you do now? Yeah sure. So I recently came up with my what I do sentence. (laughs) because you know sometimes you just can't explain it to normal people and they're like well, what is that so yeah I finally figured it out so it's I'm a coach for creative rebels and multi who are tired of the world's rules and following everyone else's rules and who want to go back to what we love doing and what we do best so yeah I mean I love that, that yeah I think I could have said it better, but yeah, basically. (laughs) It's
0: okay. The elevator pitch is always super hard to like, I don't know. I don't think especially as multi passionate you're like, but there's more like, and I do this other thing. I know.
1: I want to add so many more things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Well, I think my biggest, sorry, my biggest challenge as a multi-passionate has been to distill everything that I do and I love into Mm -hmm. like one sentence. You know, yes,
0: oh. I can totally relate. Yeah. Be- and and I do feel like people might look at me a little bit crazy when they don't totally know me. And I'm like, oh, I'm a coach and a podcaster and I produce another person's show. And like, <laughs> they are just looking at me like, how do you have time for all that? And I'm like, I have no idea. And I love <laughs> all of it. So I don't want to say no to any of it. Oh. I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah. Well, will you tell us about the rebel part there because I think, well, I know, working with so many really creative people that there's there is a strong identity, I think, in being creative but also really wanting
1: to do your own thing. What is that all about for you? Yeah, that's so true. I mean, most creatives really resonate with rebellion because it's just like the world keeps telling you, "Don't be so flaky." You know, uh, creativity doesn't pay the bills. Blah blah blah. You know, but actually, what happens is that we have our talents, we have our skills, and we can live in this world and, and we ha- we can tr- thrive in this world. But people just want to put us down. And and I guess being creative is our kind of quiet rebellion, you know, in the world. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, like most people who come to me, they're like, I don't know if I'm a rebel and your website doesn't look so rebellious. And I'm like, dude, being a rebel is just being yourself. (laughs) Like, forget about how you look. Forget about how you sound, you know, how you do things like nobody like I don't care as long as you're happy and you're being true to yourself, just just go ahead, you know, just be yourself. And that's the most mm-hmm. important thing about being a rebel, in my opinion. I like that because, yeah,
0: there's something really cool in there because it doesn't mean you have to be, you know, what, rebel without a cause, like James Dean or whatever, out on your motorcycle just being an anarchist or whatever. Like, rebellion can just be a – or being a rebel can just be that quiet, following your own authentic self.
1: And I love that
0: you've just put that out there. It's like, that's brilliant.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you don't have to be loud or use swear words. I don't use swear words, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's so, that is so awesome. So does, that sounds like it's probably super freeing for a lot of people
1: when they're like, wait, I could be a rebel and be me? Yeah, yeah. And to be honest, like I've had people come to me and they're like, oh, but you should do this to be a rebel, or you should look like that. And I'm like, do you realize that you're telling me what to do, which is the opposite of being a rebel? Like like a rebel does not conform to what people tell them to do, to look like, to sound like, to whatever. So basically, they're telling me you're not a rebel, but actually I'm not either because I'm telling you what to do. It's ridiculous. Right. As if there's rules to get into the rebel's club. like.
0: Yeah, there's no rules. There's no rules. Oh my gosh! To me, it like shares this really interesting parallel space with marketing, which we both have done some. Well, we do some, obviously, for our own work. But I mean, and that's my background for a nine to five as well. But like, like, there's a lot of rules around what's right in marketing, how we should market ourselves, what we need to look like. Like, how has How have you pulled the rebel spirit over into marketing and into your business?
1: Oh, my God. This is the whole story. So basically, back in 2015, I, okay, so in 2013, I literally became obsessed with everything entrepreneur, startup, you know, uh, marketing, just everything in connection to those things. I went really deep and really obsessed and just really like at some point people called me growth hacker. I I don't even know why, but anyway, so, so basically in 2015, I was so miserable. I was like, I didn't feel connected to any of it. I didn't feel happy. I didn't even recognize myself. It wasn't me. I was just, I was just following this passion. Right. And it was, You know, following passion is exciting, but at some point, if it stirs you in a wrong direction, like towards something that's not in alignment with who you are and what you believe, that that can completely change your life and make you feel really awful. And I think that we should really take care to be authentic to ourselves and to just do regular check-ins am i happy is this me you know am i feeling connected because because then i was just so depressed i was i was even ready to you know to abandon marketing altogether even though i was good at it you know just because people were telling me how to do marketing you know and because mm-hmm. it was so sleazy you know in some circles and and basically you know there are many experts out there in every industry that just tell you you know this is marketing You should do this, best practices, blah, blah, blah. And there are so many sleazy things to do. But to be honest, like, I mean, the way I do marketing is that I try things. Obviously, I'm not going to say no, just because I think, you know, I don't judge things unless they're really, really sleazy. But basically, I would just look at something, try it. And if it doesn't feel good, you know, in alignment, I would just say, no, that's not for me. Or maybe I'm not really good at it. So I'm just going to say, no, that's not for me because I have so many things that I I am good at and I do feel good about doing. And I'm going to focus on those things instead of like all the things that I have to do. Obviously, there are best practices that are really best practices. And it's good to find like a sort of balance between what you're comfortable with and what you really need to do for the betterment of your business but I have found in the end there's always a way to do it your way like like Mm. there's so many ways to do marketing why not find a way that's just perfect for you right
0: yeah oh that's good there's always a way that's your way because yeah I mean it does feel like a land where there's so many shoulds partly because I mean I love that you kind of brought up the I mean, just the the ickier side of it where, you know, you've got people, if you're out there and you're an entrepreneur, you've, you've run into the groups that are like, make six figures in six weeks. And then, and okay, so some of them are, are authentic, perhaps, but then kind of to get to that level in that amount of time, you're going to have to put a lot of energy into it. And is that really the way you want to put your growth? Kind of like you said, like, as a growth, if you are a growth hacker not to suggest you were doing any of those other Mm -hmm. things but like it's going to take all of your energy so then
1: finding the right way is the best way for sure
0: yeah how do you yeah go
1: ahead i sorry I was just gonna say that you know you kind of just follow your priorities so if your priority is to make six figures that's you know great for you but to be honest I I think five would be enough for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Why is why do we have to always go for more, 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 you know? I'm just like I just prefer to go for enough these days because it makes me feel just you know happier, calmer, just more at peace with myself.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I really like that. And I got I'm glad you brought that in, because I think there is kind of that the potential in the entrepreneurial space to judge even on your own self for if Mm -hmm. I speak in my for my own self, like to judge myself on any of the statistics that are maybe out there, like likes Mm -hmm. or followers or income or downloads or whatever it is. And so I think defining for yourself whatever is enough is really dare I say kind of rebellious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. How does somebody go from that space where you're like, no, I am not going to play along with the, I mean, I guess it's just a rebel spirit, but like, how do you get comfortable, I guess, embracing what feels right for you?
1: I mean, I guess I just kind of look at everything that's out there and, you know, I kind of think about all the things that I love doing. And I don't know, I guess I just get creative and brainstorm some combinations, you know, Something that multi-passionate people love doing. <laughs> yes, because it's just there's there is this richness, this abundance of ideas and methods, and just cool things that you can do. And you would hear about something crazy, like I don't know, selling your future, or just something crazy that you don't see every day, mm-hmm. you know. And you would. And you would think, oh, that's so cool, you know, and you want to be the person who just kind of comes up with things that excite you, that excite the world. You don't want to be a part of the noise, you know what I mean? And obviously, I mean, I I regularly do boring, quote unquote, you know, marketing things. But yeah, I need this balance between between let's just go with a crazy idea or let's just go with my idea. And obviously, like, oh, my God, when, when people come to me, like clients, for example, and, and they're like, oh, I have to start a blog. And I'm like, why? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, because everybody has a blog. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, okay, there, <laughs> it's not logical to start something that you hate because everybody else is doing it. Right. It would be more logical and actually fun to start something that you're good at and that you enjoy. And mm-hmm. and and people are going to notice that. They're going to feel your excitement, they're going to feel your confidence, and they're going to love it. Right. So yes. you know rather than than starting a blog because everybody is blogging, just just you know, do a podcast or like a video series or I don't know, some kind of slideshow thing, challenge things. I don't know, whatever you think of. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I
0: have to agree wholeheartedly because as I was going through coach training, you know, the, the basics and the setup, I mean, it, it is a good idea to have a website and be able to put your services yeah. out there, or obviously nobody can find you. Yeah. But then looking at it, I'd had a blog for like eight years and I was like, you know, I'm kind of tired of that medium it's still powerful it's still valuable but i felt tired of it so i was like i'm just going to go for it with this podcast thing and i think the magic of when you find the thing that feels most authentic is that then it becomes easy easier i mean it's still a lot of time but like i love having these kinds of conversations i love working with it and like teasing out the quotes like there's very little about the podcast that makes me feel I don't know, drained or like, it's, it's, and it's sustainable because I love it. So I, I think it's amazing that, yeah, like, oh, I better start that blog. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't, please, for your sake and ours, don't start that blog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I, and I think it's, I don't know, what do you think the magic of multi passionates is in that area? I have some ideas, but like,
1: in which area, in marketing?
0: Yeah. Yeah. How do we shine there?
1: I mean, to me, in my opinion, like multi passions are best at just bringing things together, making unusual combinations and just like doing things cross industries. Yes. So basically, you would hear something somewhere in a random place and you would think, what would happen if I do this here? <laughs> yeah, And I think this is super fresh. And, you know, that's how new ideas are born and to be honest, if I just go with the rules of my industry, quote unquote, or just with the rules of marketing or whatever, I would just be so bored. I would rather just find a job.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you've said that because, yeah, I can see that we do bring a really – and every, every multi-passionate I've worked with as well, they've brought something so interesting to the angle on what they want to do and the way that they want to do it. It's, it's never the yeah. same thing twice, for sure.
1: Yeah. And it's ideas, it's methods, it's just anything that's in your brain, which is a lot, (laughs) Mm -hmm. can manifest in any kind of way that, you know, you need it to, like, right now, I need to promote my, you know, for example, course, you know, and and maybe some really weird idea that I read about once, uh, two years ago, (laughs) is gonna reappear and say, Oh, what if you do that for the course (laughs) or something? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I'm
0: wondering too, is there, because I bet there are a lot of multi-passionates that are out there and in a regular, air quotes, regular job. How can they bring that superpower or one of their multi-passionate superpowers into the thing that they do every day if it's not entrepreneurial? Do you have thoughts on Mm -hmm. that one?
1: I mean, I don't know how many thoughts I can have on that because to be honest, I've always if, if I had a job, yeah, <laughs> I would always have side projects because, mm. because I always kind of wanted to do my own thing instead of, you know, doing what other people tell me to do. But I mean, I know that there's so many people who are so happy, you know, in, you know, working for other people, working with other people. I'm not a team player, but I admire people who are. Mm. And... I think I recently talked with a multi-passionate who is just so happy being a virtual assistant. I know that's not a regular job either, but she's so happy with that because because there's different things that she's learning. And so mm-hmm. I I suppose if the job that you have is allows you to, you know, to apply different skills, to learn different skills, that's that's amazing. But if it's something that's kind of stifling you and not Allowing you to be creative enough that, you know, because we need to be creative, then I guess just a side project is always a good idea, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I totally agree on both fronts. Mm-hmm. I think a VA or project manager job, which is what I've done for years, is, mm-hmm. and those are obviously separate roles, but there's a lot of similarities, is why I bring it up, is like it's a great thing to keep you like kind of moving from different creative thing to different creative thing, which I think is so good for a multi-passionate mind. So otherwise you get so bored. But so the side project is also mm-hmm. a thrilling topic because how do you, so let's say someone's like, oh yeah, that sounds, I think I need to infuse my life with something on the side. How does somebody go about narrowing down what that side project could or should be? Mm-hmm. If if they're like, oh yeah, I think if I could figure out how a way to bring this thing to life, I'm in?
1: I mean, for me, it's always been like, I have an idea, and I can't sleep, I can't eat, I just have to do it. Um, yes. <laughs> but but I mean, sometimes you would have more ideas, and you know, you can't do everything at once. And you're not sure what to focus on. And, you know, obviously, if you're passionate, you're going to have a new idea soon. So are you going to be able to finish that before the next one, you know, all kinds of problems there but these days I just kind of help people like create a brand uh, for yourself that kind of encompasses all of your crazy ideas so for example if tomorrow I had a crazy you know side project idea it wouldn't be a side project idea because it just kind of goes into the brand and I know that the experts say, "Oh my God, you have to be niche down, blah blah blah," but to be honest, if you're a multi if you're multi-passionate, how can you be niche down? You're gonna mm. be most people who. Are being you know most much passionate who are told to niche down are so miserable they're like I don't want to do this but I have to do it but I don't want to do it mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I mean you can obviously and you can have different projects like for example there are so many people who. Who have so many interesting p- projects that are totally different from each other, and they just kind of fall under their personal brands, you know, like a, an umbrella brand. And and basically, you go to the person's website and you say, and you see the person is, hey, my name is, you know, I do a lot of cool stuff, and these are my projects, you know, this kind of thing. That's fine if you want to go that way, but for me, I've noticed that the kind of multi passionate that I am, I like to spend time with things like for example a year or two and just kind of evolve things you know Mm -hmm. for example at first it was marketing then it became more like coaching now it's more branding and it's like I just kind of flow into and out of topics instead of doing all the topics at once and I realize obviously that's not every multi-passionate's path it's just my path and I guess I just try to help fellow multi-passionates to find their path. And if their path is similar to mine, it's going to be extra easy for me to help them because I've already done it. And I'm so happy because it's three years running. And for the first time in my life, I'm not like freaking out that I have to pivot, that I have to start again, that I have to do something, you know, like quit on something. I don't want to quit on things anymore. I just want to continue things endlessly. Mm -hmm. And Because of the security, you know, because you don't have a lot of security in this world of multi-passionates, you know, creatives, entrepreneurship, there's no security. And I'm a Capricorn. I need security.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, because I think there's a lot of juiciness like right there in that. And what you've just said about one, kind of the problem, not not that it's a problem, but I feel like a lot of multi-passionates and Emily Wapnick talks about this too, is we've, people might see us as a, a flake or somebody who just doesn't have, you know, a clear direction because we get interested, we get what we need out of something and then we move on to the next thing. And so I love that you've kind of called it out is that you don't want to feel like you're quitting on things. And yeah, that the,
1: Yeah. My, sorry, I interrupted you. Go, no, go for it. <laughs> No, I was just going to say that my theory is exactly this, that our lives are like a puzzle and you collect the pieces, right? And you don't know what the end picture will form and you don't know if it's going to make sense, but you have to keep going because if you just collect one or two pieces, that's not much of a puzzle. And I feel like people are telling us, focus on one piece, focus on one piece. And I'm like, dude, that's not going to form a puzzle. (laughs) Mm. And I think that we're just made this way. We're just interested in everything. We need to know a lot to make sense of us, to make sense of our world and of our joy, as you would say, just yeah. and to be happy. Yeah.
0: And I love that as kind of a way of thinking about it because, I mean, in a puzzle, it's as big as the pieces are. I mean, it's num- the number of pieces you're going to have. But there's also, I mean there it fits together, but there's no fail or not fail. Like you might find one piece and it doesn't fit for a really long time.
1: It's just yeah. sitting there in the middle and you're
0: like, I don't know what to do with that. That's a exactly. really that's a really beautiful way of smoothing out kind of what kind of the mm-hmm. the discouragement or the frazzledness that somebody yeah. might feel yeah. from
1: yeah, other exactly. people saying, "You got to know, you got to figure this out." Exactly, the discouragement, and I get so angry. I get so angry and so fired up when when someone says to a multi passionate person like to to focus to niche down, and and this multi passionate person instead of saying, you know, I'm not gonna curse, <laughs> they say, you know, oh maybe they're right, maybe I don't. I'm not even angry with the multi-passionate person because this is everywhere. Nobody mm-hmm. knows this thing. Like most people who come to me don't know what multi-passionate is. Right. And they start believing the world. Like I have believed the world in the in the past that I'm the wrong one. You know, I'm different. So I should, you know, fix myself or whatever. But that's not true. You know, we're born the way we are born for a good reason. And nobody has the the right to put you down for it hmm. Amen.
0: On any true. anything about you, nobody has the right to put you down for it. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it is really hard because obviously school and and university and and probably parents, we all we get the direction that specializing in something is the way to go, which is great and amazing for some exactly. people. But some people
1: are not wired that way. Exactly. I mean, I, I have often in my life actually envied the specialist so many (laughs) times because because like I it would my life would be so much easier
0: (laughs) yeah well and I kind of wonder too though like if somebody has known like for instance if that they wanted to be a doctor since they were three or something I think they also find ways to kind of you know they find their way to a specialty but then how do they really embrace the wholeness of what that specialty means I think that's a I wonder if everybody's a little bit more multi-passionate, though, when we all realize.
1: I mean, many creative people are. Yes. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> and um, and actually, it's what's funny is that every multi-passion is really different. Because, for example, I have always had one thing, and like like w- since I was a little kid, I was a writer, and like my whole life has been about writing. And and for example. I still have one thing, but I can't just go with one thing, you know, like, I like that I have one thing, but I can't just limit myself to it. And some people are like, I don't have one thing, like not even one thing. And, you know, I would say to those people, like, don't panic, that's fine for you. You know, you're gonna make that work for you. Mm -hmm. Don't try to make my thing work for you, or I'm not gonna vice versa or whatever. Mm
0: -hmm. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it is interesting that piece, too, that like probably by nature we want to mimic what other people do or I mean, even as children, kind of like I remember, you know, my dad was in human resources and I could see what he was doing and see the parts about what he's doing that were really interesting and curious to me. But then I don't want to be a human resources person. Like, I just took that and did my own thing with it. But I think there's something about families where they're like, well, we've been doctors for ages, so you better do that too. And uh, yeah, yeah, I...
1: Oh, my God. My grandfather wanted me to be a doctor. And that is so funny because I would be the worst doctor in the world. <laughs> Like I'm I awkward. It. I drop things. I forget things. Woof. <laughs> yeah, that is
0: really funny because there's there's doctors in, in our family history, too. And my dad was actually the one that said, I am not going to be a doctor. <laughs> I'm going to do philosophy. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> Anyway, so and then he became an HR person. Right. So my dad is also, yes, a multi-passionate. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, where I do think- you no, go ahead?
1: Sorry. No, 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 you go ahead. It oh, I don't important. know. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that I, I find this natural evolution in life very fascinating because it's not just much passionates who evolve from something to something else to something else to something else. It's just all every person in the world because... Like most people don't know what they want to do with their life when they're young because they're still experimenting, you know. Maybe someone will know what they want at age six, but that's so rare. You know, most people have no idea. And so they have to experiment, try different things. And and by doing so, there's just this kind of evolution that leads to your path. And I think if we keep letting things, you know, letting it flow instead of, you know, being really control freaky about it. Just kind of if you need a change, do a change, but don't say to yourself, oh my God, you know, I'm you know, obviously a lot of people are afraid of change and, you know, insecurity, financial considerations and stuff. I know that's obviously we we live in the real world, but I still think that it's a really bad idea to stay in a job because you're afraid of something or you know be afraid to change an industry because it's too scary obviously that's real stuff real fears but if we don't let ourselves change or evolve we're just gonna be really miserable like things like that kind of evolve for the worst have you noticed like when when a situation is a little bit bad it gets worse and worse and worse until you are forced to make a change mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think I really think that we really, really need to let ourselves evolve and and just go with our guts and, you know, intuition and stuff, you know, about this stuff, because you're also a highly sensitive person. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, well, isn't that funny? Because it does almost feel like the universe Mm. will start to give you that nudge and you or I probably already know that whatever the situation is, is something that I'm not excited about staying in. And so I'm making excuses for being there or doing that thing or whatever. And then obviously I'm probably thinking of some specific times, but we don't need those as examples so much as the point being, then the universe starts to put more pressure on you. Like, oh, I know you're not happy here. So what if this thing happens? And you're like, what the heck? Like, this is just making me more miserable here. But it's almost like, yeah, you almost get, is it like the the mama bird throwing the baby bird out of the nest of like, you can fly. You're just not going. Here you go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've always, I like that metaphor. I've always thought of it as, you know, signs and kind of mm. nudges because, because obviously we don't know what what's best for us. <laughs> right. Um, yes. And actually this reminded me that the other day I was talking or was it yesterday I was talking to my client and she was like, Oh my God, these amazing things are happening. Like I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm like this magnet for conversations and things that, and people that I really, really love. And I'm like, dude, this is your authentic path, talking to you, calling you, you just have to stay the course and it's just going to get better. But you, you can't, you know, get scared or or stop or whatever, because there's always going to be tough, you know, tough stuff. <laughs> but definitely, I definitely think that the universe, as it makes things worse sometimes for us, it also makes things better to send us hints, divine hints. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And you're right. It's almost, I, I, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about the thing where, you kind of get those, you get pushed out of the nest on some days and that is sucks. Mm. And you're, I don't know, at least I'm like, why? Like why right now I could do do without this immense amount of nonsense, but then Mm -hmm. on other days, you're right. You're right. Like we go right into the flow and it's, you know, if, if it's law of attraction, if it's something else, but you're like getting closer, I know Abraham Hicks would say you're getting pulled into the vortex. Like, and that's easy and it feels awesome and you're like, yes, I need more of that. I it's just I I love that we're talking about this.
1: <laughs> right now, I'm really waiting for the vortex. I'm w- I'm ready for the vortex.
0: <laughs> Take me in vortex. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. And people are probably like, what are those two talking about? I will link up (laughs) some of the Abraham Hicks stuff because it's really interesting. It just really kind of means like following your intuition and saying yes to those little like nudges and little, I don't know, fly lady who's been on the show would call them like God breezes, like those little things where you're like, yes, that seems right. I'm going to go over there and figure out what that thing is that I'm curious about. So anyway, we're going to go for the vortex. Oh that's so awesome. Well, if people wanted to work with you or find out more about you before we get into the last couple of questions, where can they find you? You know, what who do you work with? How can they get in touch?
1: I mean, everyone can find me just where I am on my <laughs> website violetanitkova.com. Yeah. This is like I put everything I do over there. I write there. I have a tiny little tiny podcast it's not famous yet, but oh well, <laughs> and you know I create products, I help creative rebels and multi passionists, as i said i'm you know I do a kind of hybrid between coaching and consulting because that's kind of my thing, mm-hmm. and i think I think I spent a long time finding what I'm really comfortable and What I'm best at and how I can best serve certain people. And I think finally, finally, if you look at my coaching page, you're going to immediately understand what it's about. And if you don't, I have failed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I got it. I was like, oh my gosh, Violetta and I are like peas in the same pod. That's why I was like, yeah, (laughs) I got it. What is your podcast name?
1: Oh, the Rebel Reset. It's about just looking at people's rules and how they say we should do things and just kind of turning it on its head and and doing it our way.
0: <laughs> I will look up to it. <laughs> Sounds so good. Cool. Well, is there anything else you want to add before we get to the last couple of questions?
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> well, so... I think that resistance and discomfort is probably another great word, especially considering kind of this discussion of like mama birds pushing you out of the nest as the universe goes. Like resistance and discomfort come up big time for Mm multi-passionates. How have you seen it come up in your life and how have you worked with it? What has it taught you?
1: Resistance and discomfort. Well, I mean, I feel it all the time. I, at some point I was like, maybe that's just my problem. I thought nobody else was like this, to be honest, but then, you know, I discovered I'm not alone, but basically I feel like every time I have to do something, I have to do something. I don't Mm want to do it. And that's a big problem because obviously, you know, Oh, today I have to write a blog post. I don't want to. (laughs) tomorrow i have to finish my course i don't wanna and and at this pace i had spent like i don't know two years of having fun in business and not much money you know and that was really really a big problem for me and even even if i would sit down to write my stories and stuff it would still be like oh i would rather just you know procrastinate with youtube and watch netflix it's awful and obviously creativity is such a risk and when you put it out there i mean if you just keep it to yourself fine but when you put it out there it's so scary to to see other people's reactions and and for me my biggest problem would be the pressure of you know delivering of being good enough or of doing something by a deadline of finishing something of something being good enough which is mm-hmm. never the case and I guess these these kind of things I was in in those things for a long time and I I didn't see a way out to be honest I was just scared that my whole life would be a huge experiment I wouldn't be able to be serious quote unquote and I would just be like I would just have this hobby expensive hobby that didn't really make any money and then finally finally I pushed myself I used I actually used this tool called Focusmate where It's like virtual co-working. So basically you sit down in front of another person, you know, on the other end of the the screen and you work silently for 50 minutes. You say at the beginning, oh, I'm working on this. And then at the end, oh, I'm working on that. And that turned everything around for me. And to Mm -hmm. be honest, I feel like different things, obviously different things work for different people. So for example, I have said this exactly thing uh to a friend and she was like oh no no no, I can't do that That's, you know that's not my thing or whatever that's fine but for me it was like the magic pill and I think each one of us has a magic pill that you just have to discover but that means trying a lot of scary things you know and trying a lot of things that you don't want to do but if you want to be happy if you want to be fulfilled if you want to be successful by your own terms you just have to try a lot of things and maybe someday something will work as in my case. And, whew, you know, like everything starts turning around. Like right now I'm finishing things that I have like I have not been able to finish in, in two years. And I finished them in, in one month or two months, mm. you know, yeah. that, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And I Melissa Dinwiddie, when she was on as part of Multi it's she had like I think she called it something about procrastination she had a term for that very thing and it was it's interesting because i think i don't know if everybody does it or is it just multi-passionates but like we'll put off something until we get to it and then all of a sudden like last night i a perfect example i just took down all of my old blog posts for my old blog because i was like i think this is impacting seo and i've had it so i just took them all down and now it's done <laughs> which i had dragged my feet on this for years but the same thing like Okay, that was like 10 minutes. That didn't take any time. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh my God, yeah. And you know what? I have found that everything that I've been resisting, that I've been procrastinating, that I've been a childlike about <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, is, is due to bad habits, to be honest. It's hmm. not even about my nature or who I am or how I do things. To be honest, like, like when I change my habits, everything changed because a habit is every day all day yeah. you know like we go with our habits without thinking and it, it, if you create a habits of being productive of doing things on time of doing like the things that you don't want to do literally you're just going to keep doing it without thinking about it you know mhm
0: yes oh i totally agree well and, yeah and i don't know where the crossover that would be such a fascinating thing to look at is where can we well it probably is in the zone of the Liz Gilbert quote of people, you know, when they're finally tired of their own bullshit, that's when they'll make a change. So I don't know if that's where the habit changeover is, but it's probably somewhere in there. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I think that's exactly it, Paul. Like, like yeah. I was, I feel like I was tired of my bullshit this year, the, like the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. I've had it. And that's when I had to make a change. And I think for a lot of us, it's always like this. You know, We it, it has to be like overflowing with bullshit for us to get <laughs> down and do the things that we have to do and that we don't want to do.
0: <laughs> I think you're totally right. Yeah, well, and it's interesting to then, <laughs> I love where this is going. It's like, you, we kind of have to harness the power of the bullshit to then, like, and just know with it, like, be like, okay, well, I guess I'm changing all this stuff on my dog tonight. Here we go. <laughs> I love that. No, That's I so know. funny. Harness the power of the bullshit. <laughs> I love this. Please quote it. So good. (laughs) Sorry, I can't stop laughing about that. Well, and so let's for the last question that I love to ask everybody is what are three ways that you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life, in the world or in other people's lives?
1: I mean, one thing for sure has to be doing something just for you instead of doing it for everyone else or the world or a boss or your boyfriend or you know anyone else, just for you something that you just enjoy to do in your own time and you don't make any money from it and stuff like that so that brings joy. another thing that brings joy is i mean gratitude, I guess, but this is this is mostly a happiness thing i've I've noticed that I'm really really happier when I'm grateful, and I think that's that that's actually a a val a, like like an actual approach uh, in, oh, sorry. And <laughs> that's an actual method in positive psychology, because if every day you say three things that you're grateful for, you know, uh, that happened during the day, and if you make it a habit of every day, you're going to be so much happier and so much, you're going to notice the the positive things more than the bad things. And just the, mm-hmm. it, it kind of over, overturns the natural uh, negative bias. And I guess happiness is joy <laughs> Yeah, and oh my god and the third one I mean I want everyone today to say like the minute someone tells you <laughs> you have to do this this way or you you know oh you're doing it wrong or you know try this other th- uh, way you have to just to say I'm gonna do it my way damn it <laughs> <laughs> I really want people to say that more.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's <laughs> I think that's some solid advice because, well, and I, I would challenge people too, like, let it be okay if somebody tells you, I'm going to do it my way, right? Because like, I think there's some, I wish that people could get over that controlling thing where they're like, no, you got to do it this way. This is the only way. And this sweet person over here is saying, I know a better way to do this and when they're not hurt that's
1: always hard yeah I mean yeah. this one time in, in my childhood like uh, I mean it was high school and basically this girl was like you're not eating that sandwich right <laughs> and I was like excuse me <laughs> <laughs> oh no that's so funny it's so I weird mean, that there's a right way to eat a sandwich <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, that's good. Ah. Well, thank you so much for being on, Violetta. This has just been just such a treat to talk to you.
1: Thank you so much for having
0: me. Mm, Violetta, thank you so much for being on this week. It was just such a treat to get to talk to you. And I feel like we're so similar in so many ways that it was just a ton of fun to get to speak with you. If you guys are curious about Rebel Recess or... Violetta's website you can find all the links to all her stuff over at my site over the show notes at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash Violetta v-i-o-l-e-t-a and yeah while you're there you're gonna want to sign up for that podcasting fundamentals class that is all free and pretty great and you'll get that that cheat sheet as I like to call it when you sign up for all the hardware and software you're gonna want as you start your own show Let's see, next week on the show, I'm excited because I'm going to be doing my eight great reasons to start a podcast. It's a class that I've led before, and I just really love getting to do it in a podcast format. So I'm excited to share all those great reasons why you should also start a podcast. So come back next week for that. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy.